Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Hey there. I I know there was, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I know there was a pause. In between there, I took a little time switching to the audio portion instead of playing, you know, the the opening. I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a little verklempt today. I don't know why. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from the Florida Keys. Uh, I'd like to first start out by thanking everyone that's been downloading the show, especially in Philly, uh, New Jersey, Tennessee, Georgia. Thank you very much. You know, we could use New York, Florida. Why not Florida, you know? Why not Key West? We don't, I don't, you know what? Because I guess maybe a Key show doesn't appeal to people in Key West. We're so unlike Key West, Key Largo is really. We're kind of like the Baton Rouge to Key West's, Key West. It is, I don't know how to make that possessive, New Orleans. We're, we're a smaller version. We're not as compact. You know, maybe a fourth of the population. I think that would be about right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Be about fourth the population of Key West. We're spread out more. We don't really have a tight packing, packed well, I, I guess I shouldn't say packing when I'm talking about Key West. There was no innuendo in that. But we are rolling. It is a beautiful day. It rained mostly yesterday. We're going to be looking for some rain today. Uh, but it's sunny right now. And and a warm. It's 80 degrees. Beautiful time to be down here. I was just in the supermarket. It was kind of crowded. When the fuck did it start happening? I was in front of two people. Second person I knew. Uh First person, we were in a 10 items or less line. Now, sometimes there's people walking with 15 or 12. I had a friend right behind his first one. The first lady had 30, 30 items just sitting there looking forward. If you're uncomfortable, you don't feel like looking around at people when you're walking into the 10 items or less and you feel embarrassed. There's a reason why you're embarrassed because it's 10 fucking items or less. You know, and the person that the 10 items or less, they're used to, you know, just say, hey, there's 10 items. They're just going through these people. I I was going in for club soda and some chicken, fried chicken. Yeah, right after I work out, I like to get a little protein. It's uh, middle of the day, so I've been trying to stay away from as much carbs. Yes, I know there's carbs in fried chicken because you have the breading, but no potatoes or bread or anything like that. Just protein. After I teach my spin class. And it's rolling around. We're coming into the weekend before Thanksgiving. And the store was busy. There weren't a lot of people there. There wasn't a lot of workers there. There were a lot of people there, relatively. Normally, you know, the, my local supermarket, they usually, when they start having, you know, six, seven, eight people in the checkout line, that they start calling more people up. But I think we're much like supply chains backing up we're having problems here too so we'll find out when that happens when that happens when i say when the holidays come around we'll definitely see on wednesday what it looks like around here because we'll have some people visiting and then we'll have all the locals out shopping thank god i got most of my stuff i get what i'll do is i'll get up early on one of those days i'm moving along though you don't need to hear about my goddamn shopping habits right well, it's Thanksgiving, and you can bet for all the screwed up martinis you've heard out there, 
There's all sorts of martinis out there. We took pickle infusion, picklebacks, that pickle juice people use for after having a shot of Jameson, uh, bacon infused vodka. There's going to be a turkey one. And there's already the people come up with it's a, it's like someone's going to say I'm going to hit my magic formula. I'm going to come up first. They started coming out when I was. Uh, Back in the 80s, they called it lemon vodka. Lemon flavor. Late 80s, early 90s. Started infusing that. And then they went to orange. And then all these different ones. So you get all these flavored vodkas. Right? So there's going to be someone out there that's going to make a turkey and gravy one. They've, I've seen some gross gross beers. There was a turkey, a turkey dinner beer. Which sounds disgusting. It sounds disgusting. But then again, well, I mean, why people say people like beer and they like turkey and mashed potatoes. Why don't we just put it all together? No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, if you were in, that would make sense if you had just gotten into a motorcycle accident with an 18-wheeler and you can't eat solid food, that you're going to blend it up and put it, you know, we say, I want to just make sure they're celebrating Thanksgiving. They can't really choose, so I'm making them... Uh, turkey dinner and I'm putting it in a blender. Okay, I get that. Maybe, maybe, but to sell it on the market, I, it's just, it's a novelty item. No one's going to buy it on a regular basis. So, but I guess it is a thing. It's kind of kitschy, like the pet rock. But a lot of times, people come in and they ask for certain like cucumber gin or cucumber vodka, jalapeno vodka and things like that. When all you have to do is really to get the true essence of a fruit is to put the fruit in a vodka, muddle it and go on from there. Whatever you want in there. Because with these other vodkas you're not really, sometimes they say they're using natural flavors, but that doesn't mean they're using natural strawberry. They could use natural flavors that simulate a strawberry when you put it together. You know, they using, you ever seen those juice bags and stuff like that? And they say using 100%, 100% fruit juice, but it's not necessarily the fruit juices that they show pictures of on the bag or the bottle of fruit juice. It's other ones that simulate the taste. They're just trying to approximate the taste. So, I know it's tough around here, but I mean, not tough around here, but it's tough around the rest of the country to get a hold of some of the fresh fruit and produce is kind of pricey this time of year. But whenever you get the opportunity to get something, you can make your own. You can always strain it. You can infuse it. You can do all it Depends on how ambitious you are. If you just want to make a couple of drinks, you can make, take a couple of strawberries. You can muddle it. You can make a strawberry mojito. It's real easy using fresh fruit. You just pick your base liquor. That's why I really never understood. I mean, it's convenient, I guess, for these hard uh, club sodas where you have different flavors and things like that. But you can make that yourself. with just throwing some fruit in there. And it's so much affordable. If you can get, you're putting, they're using malt liquor. You can use a cheaper vodka and you could probably make it for less than about a third of the price. A bottle, a bottle of club soda, a bottle of vodka and a thing of fruit. It's probably the same as you'll get for a 12 pack of these hard ciders. And you can also, you'll end up making, you know, twice as much. So that's my hint today for the, from the Keys bartender on how to make a drink. And you know, you pour it over ice. If you're making a martini, you you can use the like you can you can use the fruit. Let's say grapefruit, and then you can use a little fresh grapefruit in there, and then hit it with a little grapefruit juice, just to tighten it up a little, and. If you need a little extra something to it, just a splash of triple sack for any of your flavored martinis. That's always good. I know it's an orange liqueur and something like that, but something about triple sack does something for martinis. I don't know what it is, especially since I don't drink right now. I hope I won't be drinking tomorrow, but that is my advice when you're making a cocktail. On another note, being the holidays are rolling around, 
the holidays are an opportune time for people in the service industry because obviously we are in a uh, consumer-driven economy, right? And the prices where we're being in the service industry, we, like a lot of other people, are responsible to pay the bills. And, you know, inflation's occurring. Rent's gone up. Gas has gone up. Regular food has gone up. But fortunately, especially here in Florida, you know, the minimum wage for tipped employees went up. But all those improvements and, and the increase activity you have probably be eaten away by inflation. Now, people want to argue about who's causing that. What's causing that is demand. It's supply and demand. That's it. Some people say some government policies can open it up and reduce it. He says, listen, it doesn't matter if you're pumping as much oil out of the ground as possible and people are gobbling it up and you have all these other markets buying it. It just goes for the prevailing cost. So we're fortunate right now to be in this business. And when we need the money the most, we're working the most in the service industry, especially people in our neck of the woods here in the Keys. Because there's a little dip before the holidays, but then you start getting the parties and people get to be a gen- little more generous. And then we have something we call Hell Week. And it falls between Christmas and right around New Year's. A, you know, All these people being off, all these kids going off, they go, go on vacation, they come down here. Thanksgiving, we get a little bump. Wednesday night will be good. We're actually off on Thanksgiving. Uh, which I'm going to talk about a little about why some places should be open and other places shouldn't for Thanksgiving. Uh, so, when in business, you know, we do miss being in the service industry. We do miss some of those times, those holidays that traditionally people have off. Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th. Sometimes Christmas, sometimes Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day's big day restaurant business. But that's also the days we can make coin. We're making profit. So we're we're not we shouldn't cry over that sometimes. This is a business we chose. And sometimes we kind of get down on it. I know I have about having to work on the holidays. I had someone telling a story about a place I used to work and they said they were working for the last eight years or not 10 years on Thanksgiving. And I recall the place that they're working at because I worked next door and it was the same restaurant owned by the same people. And on Thanksgiving and Christmas, our restaurant, the higher end restaurant, was always open. And they were closed. And that higher-end restaurant closed right after Irma, approximately four years ago. So the person who said it said they had worked eight or ten years on Thanksgiving. I said, unless you're working someplace else, you did not work on Thanksgiving more than four years ago. And I think the restaurant's now closing up on the holidays. There is a un unwritten code for restaurants in tourist towns that if there's going to be people in town especially during it's a little slow during Thanksgiving and there's people that live here that don't want to cook on Thanksgiving let me tell you a little hint people the people a lot of people that work in restaurants don't want to be working on Thanksgiving even though there could be more money generally it isn't a lot more money because the days I worked, it seemed like we have about two and a half times from the time we opened, and we did everything by reservation. We had people walk in, but they'd have to wait or sit in the lounge and things like that. So almost every table was accounted for that night, and we were packed from the time we were open to the time we closed, and we closed a little earlier on Thanksgiving. And we would make approximately twice as much as a, maybe two or two and a half times as much as we normally do. Now, if you have two and a half times the amount of people, 
then you're really not making any more per table. So that thing that you think about people tipping more on the holidays, that's not necessarily the case. People get pissed off when they have to wait a lot. But if you go out on a holiday, what are you expecting? What is your expectation? You know, on Christmas, yeah, the movie theaters are empty. But you're not going to find a lot of selection because people, that's the way it is in the United States. And it starts getting crowded here on Christmas, but it really picks up right after Christmas. So a lot of places decide just to close up and they just say, well, where are you open on Thanksgiving? No, we're not. And if people live around the corner, and I'm sorry to say, I'm saying, you might have to buy a turkey breast. You know, or get a Swanson's turkey dinner because we're not going to be open that day. I know it's sad for you and stuff like that, but it's sad for us too that, you know, you'd expect us to be working on that holiday. And you don't say, hey, that makes, you know, your first reaction goes, yeah, you shouldn't be working on that day. You should spend it with your family. People say, well, you're in the service industry. You shouldn't worry about that. Well, We get it every so often. We miss birthdays. We don't go to all the parties. And there was a song in the 80s. Everybody's working for the weekend. And there's everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. Well, if you're in a service industry, everybody's working on the weekend. We get people to come in and apply for jobs at our restaurant every so often. And they'll say, well, mainly I'm looking for days. And weekdays, no weekends. Like, holy shit, yeah, that would be nice. Well, first of all, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna make any money. And second of all, you're not gonna get a job because there's people there that that's a plum assignment for the right person, a, a woman with kids or you know, that just needs to work, you know, until they wanna get done at four o'clock so they can go home and and handle family and stuff like that. Yeah, I understand it's a plumb assignment when it comes to service and you get cash almost every day. You're not going to get it. What the restaurants mainly need, especially this time, is evening workers and weekend workers and people that work the holidays. So when someone comes up and says happy Friday to you and you're like, oh yeah, you see I'm, you see I'm working in front of you, right? I'm making a drink. And I say, what, do you, what aspect do you mean happy Friday? That I'm making more money, and I am, and the other people I work with are making more money. Same as on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be open an extra day this week because we're going to be closed on Thursday. So, I don't. I don't necessarily. I do enjoy. I do enjoy spending time with my family. Um, Thanksgiving, though, you spend a lot of time cooking. Though, a couple hours cooking, and then a couple hours cleaning up. It's really labor intensive to put, you know, cook a bird and then have to clean it. A big ass bird. And one third of our family, my daughter, does not eat meat anymore. They eat, she eats seafood. So I'll have to make another something else for her. Maybe lobster or shrimp or fish. So me having not working that night, it's probably like I'm saving myself like three, four hours. And I do get to spend it with my family. But if it was going to be a holiday, I don't know if I would pick the turkey. I don't know. I wouldn't pick the turkey. Why not a chicken? I mean, we eat chicken all the time. Why, why, why a turkey? It's dry. A turkey's dry. Yeah, you make... I mentioned this yesterday. Yeah, you can make hot turkey sandwiches with it. You can get stuffing and stuff like that. I just don't get it. My grandmother used to cook a big-ass turkey turkey and for a week we'd be getting turkey sandwiches you know i eat turkey sandwiches later in the day maybe the next day a hot turkey sandwich and then you'd start rolling out the little more you have turkey soup you got turkey croquettes holy shit you know it's like one of those things in the 1700s when the, or the 1800s when your tribe kills a bunch of buffalo and say you're eating all this you're making a hide and you're making the tongue, you're eating the heart after they just killed, you know, it's all, it's all buffalo. The selection of food 
on Thanksgiving is prehistoric, meaning you don't have the selection. Years ago, my family uh, would go, when my grandmother was getting a, a bit older, in her, in her late 70s, or, or my father said, let's go out for dinner. I know, violation, but we go to this old restaurant, old, old restaurant, a couple hundred years old, actually. It's one of the older restaurants in North America called the King George Inn in Bristol, Pennsylvania. And you could, every four people, you can order a turkey, but they also had other options that day. And I used to enjoy that whenever we go. I was a, a bit older and I would, you know, pick up the drinks or something like that for the table or, or my own meal and stuff like that. My dad always wanted to pay. But uh, I would just order prime rib. You can keep that nasty-ass turkey. Dry, dry turkey. You have to soak with gravy. I know. It's probably turkey's a lot healthier than eating prime rib and stuff like that. But that's just my thing. That's the thing we that I, uh, cook on Christmas. I, I cook a prime rib. But yeah, there's got to be something different. I mean, a big, maybe a big lasagna on Thanksgiving Day. Why does it have to be a turkey? That was what they had a couple hundred years ago. 400 or 380 years ago. Right? When the pilgrims sat down with their Native American guest at their harvest meal. Now, if they had lasagna back then, if they had a public supermarket just down the road, I guess they wouldn't be worried about thank, giving thanks for the harvest because they'd have all these options. They could get ramen noodles, maybe a pork roast, you know, nice pork roast, ham. That's more of an Easter thing. But the turkey, out of everything, is say, listen, I'm going to make a holiday. It's going to be based on people with very drab clothing. They wear black and white and poorly designed clothing. And then they'll be guests with people with very interesting clothing. They'll be wearing a lot of buckskin and feathers. So these plain people with these people with his ornate. So you had the Native Americans and the pilgrims. They'll sit together. And what kind of food will they eat? Well, we have corn. We have squash. I don't even know if they had cranberry sauce back then. Because cranberries is hard to cultivate. You know, you had to cultivate that in bogs. So I don't even understand what it called. But um, they may have had cranberries. Who knows? I don't think they were slaving away making a cranberry sauce back then. I don't think that was a thing then. I think that was something that was added. As long with the stuffing. I think the stuffing was added too. And the pumpkin pie. You know, because it's a squash. And people say, well, you know, we can make a pie from that one. So they're actually fucking around with the tradition. It was probably corn, turkey, some squash. Probably you're eating the squash. You say, you know, this squash would be really good if we cooked it. Instead of eating it raw, it's real hard. The people can walk by. If there, if someone was walking by the original Thanksgiving meal, I'm sure like some of the turkeys were, they weren't using state-of-the-art ovens that we have now and didn't have thermometers. So I can imagine how dry everything was. And didn't have a lot of seasoning and shit like that. They didn't go say, hey, get some more paprika. Oh, we're going to... Yeah, and they didn't have oil, so they can't deep-fry it. Deep-frying a turkey. What can I do to combine the traditional elements of a meal for a holiday... The turkey. But then make it uniquely American nowadays by introducing something dangerous. Like a big red hot fryer that we're going to drop a wet turkey in. That will fucking explode when you drop it in. Oh, well, I could just get a fryer. Yeah, that's that'll be good. You know, with our pension for fireworks and say, people, you got to deep fry that turkey. It's the best turkey you're going to have. What am I going to do with all the fucking oil? Just going to have to deep fry another one then. Just hold on to it till next time. That 
you, I'm going to save, what, how many gallons of, five gallons of oil for the next turkey? See, that just gets sucking you into, you buy a turkey fryer, what else are you going to do with it? And Seth make, like, I'm having like 50 friends over, I'm going to make a bunch of french fries. They like their french fries. You know? So, yeah, there's only certain, there's, how many, how many birds are you going to do? I always had a problem with those single use items, like waffle makers. Waffle makers and those toast uh, that only cook toast. Right? You can't do just toast. That's why I like toaster ovens. Toaster ovens, you can, it's just like a little oven. You can do anything. You can make toast. You can do anything with it. But, yeah, the turkey fryer, man, you got to really love your turkey to purchase one of those things. Like someone that buys, there was a guy in Philadelphia, uh, and the father of my sister's best friend. And they had a fireplace and they would light a fire maybe three times a year. And we were in Philadelphia. We weren't in the country. And he used to buy, he used to buy whole logs. So he could, because he bought a log splitter. Now, when you order firewood and stuff like that in Philadelphia, you can get it already split. And he didn't need a whole cord or anything like that. So he would just get a whole shitload of wood and start doing it. He started having more fires. You know, he'd have to get end up looking for someone else that had it because he wanted to have the log splitter. Cause, and plus, it's so much cooler to split a log with an axe. Then standing there putting it, putting the log splitter in and hooking it up to your truck or whatever you had to power in it. I don't know how I got from here to there, but we are working. We do work through the holidays in the service industry, and there's a lot of things we really don't miss. Like we don't miss being stuck in the traffic on July 4th. A lot of times we don't miss having to pay a premium price price to go out on New Year's Eve. With a bunch of people celebrating, we used to make a lot of money on that uh, day when I worked when I worked in catering, but not so much down here in the restaurants because when there's fireworks, it's so nice down here that people can be outside. And if the weather's decent, then there are people are having parties. It's New Year's Eve; it's a house party night. Yeah, some restaurants that have their things, but they rarely get them here like they do in the city up north. It makes more sense to have those big parties. It really does because, you know, it's, it's, it's January. A lot of times the weather's inclement. So down here, New Year's Eve, say, are you doing any specials for New Year's Eve? What do you mean doing any specials? We close at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. And at 8.30, there are going to be six people here. I'll tell you what's going to be special. Special is going to be we're lucky if we stay open to the time we're officially closed because there may not be anybody here. So, that's people are always surprised on, and it's not just us, it's a whole bunch of other restaurants. It's just a big house party night. And, you know, the hotels down here, I, I guess that's hell week. The hotels down here are somewhat busy, but a lot of people staying in hotels are visiting friends that are living here already. So they got places to go. And that's how all I have to talk to about Thanksgiving and stuff like that. It's so nice not having to travel. I mean, Thanksgiving Day is travel. You just hear it. It's one of these things. And right after that, what do people decide to do? Used to do. I don't know if they do it anymore. The Black Friday, people would expect to go shopping after eating a load of turkey. A natural depressive chemical tryptophan's in it that just makes you tired. And you're going to summon up, summon up the energy to go out and buy a flat screen television for $219. And you're going to fight, fight it out with people. And you're surprised when people don't want to work that day. It's going to be hard to stay open those days because they already have a hard time having 
people at the regular hours. I can't imagine them doing it, uh, trying to say, hey, listen, we're going to open up on Thanksgiving night. We didn't do it last year, but we're going to do it this year. We know we don't have that many employees, so we're going to probably end up with like, we'll only have a third of the employees, but we're going to have five times as many customers. So the loss through theft should go up 500%. Yeah, that's not going to work that way. It'll be interesting this year. You know, with the supply chain problems, the shortages, they're going to say shortage on t- uh, toys, technology, items, and things like that. Uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, the gift thing is an ancillary thing in our consumer-driven economy. And some people suggested, if you really want inflation to stop, stop buying shit. Now, yeah, you got to buy milk. You got to buy gas. You got to buy bread. You got to get some protein source. But you can mix it up. You know what? I'll tell you what the people are doing. When I see there's $20 a pound for um, a ribeye or a New York strip in the supermarket, these people are saying, I'm going to go with chicken. And when chicken wings go up three times the price, say, I'm not going to eat chicken wings. I'm going to try to eat pork then. And they'll just bounce around. Let the market decide that. Stop stop buying this shit up premium. You know what hasn't gone up? Tons? Coffee. People need to buy coffee. They just go and shop, you know, they shop around. If you have a premium coffee and you just, you try to raise the price up 20%, people are going to say, well, I used to pay $10 for a 12-ounce uh, package of this premium coffee. Now they're asking for 17 bucks. Or, you know, 15 bucks. And they'll say, well, I'll just get the cheaper brand. And then they'll say, hey, we're not selling as much coffee. Yeah, because there's only a certain amount of people will pay for certain things. They have to have it. Now, vehicles, for some reason, people think they got to pay that amount. That's why used cars are selling for 30% over Blue Book and shit like that. And they're adding on to the manufacturer's suggested repel price. The cars are flying off the lot. I mean, we were driving, when we were visiting Washington, Baltimore, and Dover, Delaware, we're driving by these uh, car dealerships, and it looks like they may have 15, 20, 25% at most of their vehicles on their lot. Yeah, people are going to be waiting uh, to buy their cars. They're holding on their cars a little longer. They're fixing cars they normally wouldn't fix. And once they invest, if people say, well, it's going to cost you $4,000, well, to fix that car. Now, it'll cost me an additional $4,000 on top of the manufacturing price to buy the car that may not be available and it doesn't have the options I want. Maybe I'll just fix my car. So mechanics are probably making out in the long run. But when it comes to toys and stuff like that, it's hard to tell kids. You don't want, you know, you can't get that. A young kid. You know, so you know, we've we've been consumer driven so long. When I was a a, a little kid, my dad was an uh, enlisted man in the navy. My mom was working part time as a, a a server. And on Christmas Day, we had loads of gifts. Loads of gifts. And this is back. In the late 60s, early 70s. Holy shit. We were definitely, I, I wouldn't call us middle class. We had to be lower middle class. But they still had tons. I mean, my dad, besides being, he worked at a, a garage, I think, part time. Just to make money for Christmas. I mean, that was, that's been going on a long time. A long time. And it wasn't years and years ago, kids were, some of these poor kids, they're lucky to get any gifts. Any gifts. That's why you got to remember some of these poor, the Toys for Tots and things like that. Some of these people are not really good at the at financial management of their resources and stuff like that. So if you have the opportunity to, to get something for a kid that may not have a lot, that's that's the thing. Or something older, an older citizen. 
But other than that, we don't have to buy. We don't have to buy into that consumer thing this year. This year. I'm not saying ever. But you ever think of that? Whenever I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm creating this podcast. I'm using the Samsung Chromebook as it has my hosted podcast app on it. I have my microphone. Now, someday when this Chromebook is not doing what I need it to do, I need to get another. But I got to throw this whole thing out or donate to someone who would possibly use it. Why is that? Why are we... I mean, why isn't there just a possibility to say, listen, what we'll do, the screens don't change much, the plastic doesn't, the keyboard's the same. So what we'll do is just detach the guts and the battery maybe. And we'll, we'll, we'll recycle the battery, we'll take the components out, stuff like that, and we'll give you something with more capabilities with updated microchips and better memory, RAM and all that stuff. Why do we need to cause that waste? They can still make their money. They can still make the money, but why do we need to create a whole new case for it? Why do we need to make a whole new car? Right? Eventually, I think items will last a lot longer. We did mention, I did mention with in Cuba, they're, they're still driving Chevys from the 50s because of the embargo the United States has. They still had the vehicles that, and they kept them. They kept them up to date. They replaced the parts. They made it, that home industry. They replaced brake pads and all this stuff. We can do that with everything, almost everything. Our furniture. When we're done with our furniture, why wouldn't we just fix the pads? That's what they used to. I mean, they used to do years ago, when we had a lot more resources that weren't tapped. When we're done with a bed, what do they do with a bed? They throw it out. Is there a way we can break it down and make something else with it? You know, furniture doesn't have to be firewood when you're done with it. Furniture lasts forever if you take care of it. I mean, there's dry rot and things like that. You don't get rid of your furniture, but you, you get rid of your bed. Yes, it gets a lot, it gets human, disgusting human fluids in it, dead skin and all that stuff. I'm just saying there's something we could do with it. There's certainly something we could do with it. The Amer- I said earlier with the buffalo and stuff like that, the American Indians would use virtually all of the buffalo. They'd figure out something to do with it. They'd make, I don't know what they did with it, but they, they would... They, they would make jewelry out of parts of the, the body, right? They used to take the skins and make blankets out of them. They used the organs. I don't know all the things, but obviously if you go and do it, that's just like a chicken. You know, you got the feathers, you can make, you possibly make, I don't know if you want to make a pillow out of chicken feathers, but you got that. You make chicken soup. You can do something with the bones. You can do something with the marrow. You can, you know, you can mulch up the bones at the end and make it actually use it for um, soil. I'm just picking those things. But, and you know, smartphones. Smartphones, they throw them out every, every year. People need to have the new model. Even though you don't use all the features, it has one feature on it that may not be that important to you. Like iPhone advertisers recently have been advertising that people can make movies using their iPhones. Yeah, so what? They've been able to do that for a long time. And they're good quality. I understand it's good quality films and stuff like that. But how many of the films are really that interesting? I told you about the student films I participated in. It wasn't a porn. It was a student film. I wasn't naked in it. I don't think I was. No, I wasn't naked in it. But I did see one where a guy did get naked in, in a student film. Didn't show anything other than from the back. And uh, it was kind of controversial. I won't get in there because it could, it, it could hurt some people right then. But people just have to get ready this season. Maybe not getting everything they need. Think about retasking the things they had. 
um, yeah, repackaging, you know, regifting is probably a good idea this year. I bet you have a couple gifts out there. You haven't used any of that stuff. Just rebox it. Give it out. Let's show them. And people say, well, Jim, if retail doesn't recover, well, fuck them. Fuck retail. How long time, how long time they just sell us new stuff, sell us new stuff. We dump it. We pay for throwing out their old stuff. Think about TVs. How many 20-year-old TVs do you think people would buy right now? Because everything's a flat screen right now. My big-ass TV weighs no more than, what, 30 pounds? Got a 65-inch? I don't. I think it's 30 pounds, maybe less. It didn't seem that heavy. And I used to have, a, what was it, 38, 42-inch, you know, big... Big television, console television. I weighed 120 pounds, it seemed like, when we moved. And it got even bigger. What, what do we do with those? What do we do with those at the end? Electronics are the worst thing at retasking, and they're the easiest ones to use because you're using all those, uh, not necessarily the chips and things like that, but there is metals, there's precious metals on there's gold, silver, solder, that they can always break it down. Maybe we should pay a little deposit on that. So it would be a disposal fee, a retasking fee, a recycling fee. Who knows? Not to piss you off. You, I know a lot of you probably don't think about these consumer items and stuff like that. One person that knows to recycle, and I know this from experience, and you know it too, is Taylor Swift. Because I just watched Saturday Night Live this past weekend. And Taylor Swift was a musical guest on it. And she participated in a skit. She did a really good job. But she did a, a performance. And it incorporated a video in it. And the performance went on for 10 minutes. A song went on for 10 minutes with an accompanying video. And I thought, wow. I wonder if that video was created. And then I said, that's part of the, that's the music video. That's definitely the music video they're playing in the back. And that was like the intro to it. And yes, it's Taylor Swift, so it's about one of her previous relationships. And she recycled relationships the best. I don't mean the same relationship. She'll just take a relationship and she says, well, this is going to be a song. This is going to be a fucking hit. You've heard this before. You've heard this before. I'm not the first one to say that. I know that. But this song is so fucking long. And then... This morning, my wife puts on the YouTube video that is the official music video. Now, you may not have heard this. The official video is 14 minutes and 55 seconds long. I don't know if that includes like 30 seconds in front of the commercial YouTube something, but almost 15 minutes. And just so you don't think that, oh, because it's showing someone else in the video... That, oh, look, she's talking about someone else. At the end of the video, it's her. It's, it's Taylor Swift because the one who show her is a young woman. And she still looks like a young woman to me. I don't know if she's 30. Or, she's probably like 30, 31 now. I'm just guessing. She's probably 31 or 30. But uh, Jesus Christ, when's the point that does this end she you knew that she was gonna you know years ago we kind of had an idea that she was using her relationships personal relationships for fodder for that and it's not i don't begrudge her that any guy that gets in relationship with us uh, with her has to weigh that in his mind he goes well she's gonna write and she's gonna write a song and if i'm an asshole she's gonna portray it in the song or if it's perceived, if I'm perceived to be an asshole, I'm betraying. But now it's going to say, "Oh my God, she's going to try to do the song as long as her relationship lasts." Yeah, she's not going to be bounded by the three and a half minutes that everyone accepts and says, "Well, that's a song, three and a half minutes." I know Freebird was ten minutes and. Uh, Moby Dick, and there's a, some long-ass songs out there, but they generally would do three and a half minutes, and that's what you have time to sum, summarize your relationship. 
was she did one for almost 15 minutes there. 15 minutes. So what's going to happen? Is this going to keep on going, this arms race of long-ass songs now? In 2032, is there going to be an HBO miniseries based on Taylor Swift's marriage? And it's going to be one long-ass song. It's going to be eight episodes, 12 hours long. And say, well, I think she pretty much broke that whole relationship down. Maybe she could just do all sorts of uh, songs now. Not just relationships between people, but relationships, let's say, foreign policy. Relationships between countries. Maybe she can write a song about World War II. And it can last, you know, she should spread out. She can last a week long, a week long song. Starting in, night, you know, the, the Nazis rise to power, militarism in Japan, Mussolini, blah, blah, blah. And, and the World War and the Allies and this and that. The Manhattan Project, the submarine war, the invasion of the mainland and stuff like that. The, uh, the island hopping in the Pacific. In, encapsulate all that to a week long song on World War II. Taylor, there you go. There you go. There's one. And then you could do one, uh, you could do smaller ones, you know, like a three-hour long song about the Transcontinental Railroad. There you go. There's another one. Because this relationship thing isn't going to end well. And if you keep writing songs about relationships, you know, I don't think she's ever... I can't imagine her ever getting settled down. If she ended up getting married for 20 years and is happily married, she would not be writing a song for 20 years. She'd have to be like, um, honey, we have to have an open relationship. I got to have a little side. It, I may not have sex or anything like that because I don't, I, I don't have to write. We're not writing about that. I don't write about that. It's just be the relationship. I mean, what the fuck is she going to do if she ends up getting married? And she's happy. Oh, God forbid if she's happy. Right? It sounds like I'm begrudging her a successful career. I'm not. Look at Lady Gaga. She made the world out of thing wearing fucking goofy hats. Or Sia. Not as big as Lady Gaga or Taylor Swift, I understand. But she has... I don't mean to be lookism, something like that. For the longest time, she used to wear hair all in her face. And then when they started interviewing her, people realized why she had her hair in her face. You be the judge. I'm not going to say it because that's kind of mean-spirited. I shouldn't be mean-spirited. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up. I'd like to thank you all for listening, or you all, all two of you. No, because I know... Unless I advertise beforehand, people aren't ready to listen to it, stuff like that. But I'd like to thank you for downloading these episodes. It's starting to bear fruit. I do appreciate. I'm not going to ask you not to do it anymore. I want you to keep on doing it. There's new people that are listening. Because you're downloading to your, um, you've done these downloads. And the more downloads there are of episodes, the more it shows up. I got like 12 different locations in Tennessee, eight different locations in Georgia, where people are downloading episodes. I appreciate that. Pennsylvania, Tennessee, I did say Tennessee. Um, Not so much. I don't get the uh, Ireland and United Kingdom. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny with that thing because people say, where are you from? You know, sometimes people are not familiar with the accent. They don't know. If they're from another country and they understand English, they don't necessarily know that I'm from here. I don't know how that gets like that. My accent isn't that weird. It's kind of a goofy Philadelphia. When I say goofy, I'm not calling Philadelphia accents goofy. I'm calling my accent goofy because I moved around a little when I was young and infected by you know, my, my speech impediment. My hearing difficulties when I was younger probably is going to blend really nicely with my hearing difficulties that are occurring as I get older. But people are going to say, hey, where are you from? I go, Philadelphia. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm from Philadelphia too. I'm from Abing- uh, Allentown. I said, well, that's not Philadelphia. That's 50, 60 miles away. 
But they said, I guess it's all relative. The further you get, the closer you, you know, you pick the bigger city. If you're from like 30 miles outside Cleveland, I'm from out, I'm Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, Ohio, Chicago. I'm in Sherman Oaks, Illinois. Is that a real one, Sherman Oaks? Is that one of the ones from John, what, whatever his name is, that did the Rat Pack movies? Um, you know, 16 Candles, License to Drive, and all those movies. Uh, but it'll be funny in the future if we ever have a Star Wars, you know, one of the Star Wars bars. Remember that from the first Star Wars? Right? Where they, where Luke and uh, they end up meeting Han Solo and who's Obi-Wan. And they don't let the... Uh, androids in we don't let the, it's funny that they're you know you have all sorts of life forms but the one thing they're going to be racist about is androids we don't let the, their kind in well that's fucked up because you saw all sorts of things in there and I imagine people walking in or people or things walking in and saying where are you from and there'll be someone going well I'm you know they could be from some moon around Jupiter and they're talking a couple star systems away and you say, where are you from? I'm from Europa and it's immune to Jupiter or Saturn. I, I, but, and people go, well, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it's Earth. Earth. I'm from Earth. Because it's nearby. It's, you know, it's 100 mi- million miles away but it's, it's in that neighborhood compared to be like, you know, 50 quintillion miles away. He said, oh yeah, that's okay. Earth. I know where Earth is. Stole system. Third planet, right? You got lots of water, right? Lots of water. And uh, and you got that singer that writes her songs about all our relationships, right? Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please send your questions to jimmckeysbartender.com. Uh, once again, keep on downloading those episodes. You're doing great work for me. We'll get more selections and... I'll be able to probably, I'm hoping some of these days to be able to reel in a sponsor. Haven't had any bites yet, but keep on doing it. I appreciate it. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, signing out. I'll see you next week. I'll see you. I'll hear from you. You'll hear from me.